0: Hello, podcast listeners. This is Enrio, and we are back today with Attorney Barry Snyder, which is also a friend of mine. And I'm welcoming Attorney Barry Snyder to the show today. Uh, Mr. Snyder, he's an attorney in the South Florida area, a former police officer, and a prosecutor. And uh, well, he has his resume is pretty pretty long. There's so much to talk about. I'm gonna let him continue and introduce himself and talk about the rest of his credentials. Welcome, Mr. Snyder.
1: Hi, good good afternoon. Um, I'm so glad to be here with Enrio. Um, happy to talk to you about uh, the questions that Enrio has. Just to give you a, a slight background, uh, I am a board-certified trial attorney, uh, both in Florida and nationally. I've been president of a uh, local bar association And on top of that, I'm a director of one of the Florida Trial Lawyers Association and uh, was a former prosecutor and police officer up in New Hampshire and interned with the United States Attorney's Office. So I have a good background in in personal injury um, and also criminal defense.
0: Perfect, perfect. And And trial consulting. And also you are a certified mediator.
1: That's correct. That's correct. But I enjoy also doing trial consulting, which I work with Dr. Amy Singer and she's very well known because she did cases like Michael Jackson and Casey Anthony.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, welcome. And thank you again for being here on the show. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, as an attorney, what would you say to someone? What what are the do's and don't in terms of if they're stopped by the police?
1: That's an excellent question. And I can share with you what I do myself personally first I think you have to put yourself in the police officer's shoes it's a very dangerous position when they make a stop and we don't know why they're stopping us I like to approach it that the officers are doing their job
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I repro- I I would say be very very respectful okay. respectful is very important cooperative. And uh, of course, if they stop you, don't make any sun movements. Uh, don't look like you're going under the seat, you know, for a weapon. Uh, you want to show, you know, if you want, you can stop, you can put your hands up on the either on the steering wheel or up. Um, wait for their instructions. Uh, don't make any sun movements. I think this protects you and protects them. Now, let's assume they did stop you and now they're approaching you. I would treat them like I would treat a judge or if it was a very important boss or supervisor of mine. How respectful. How would I talk to that person? I think you're way ahead of the game for a couple of reasons. First, number one a lot of people are very disrespectful and uncooperative. So when they run across somebody that's a nice person, it sets the tone for them to act the same way. That's number one. Number two, sometimes we get agitated because they may not be respectful to us. Mm -hmm. They may not be nice to us, but we don't have a mediator. We don't have a judge that's in the street. And so, The best way to prevail in those situations is to be polite and calm. If the officer is rude, the officer is obnoxious, if he's wrong, you know what? That could be straightened out later in court. But let the officer do what he has to do. If he's gonna issue a citation, he'll issue a citation. But what you don't wanna do is create confrontation. Now here's something that I wanna share with you that most people don't even know this.
0: Okay go ahead
1: the officer gets protected by the law because they don't want officers hurt mm-hmm. okay so there's a law where you can um resist arrest you know most people think resisting arrest is is you know like you're tussling with the officer you're fighting with him doesn't mean that that's another type of resisting arrest with violence which is a serious crime mm-hmm. but if, I, if an officer comes to you, there's two things, resisting arrest without violence, and obstructing a, a lawful order of a police officer. So if I'm walking down the street and an officer says to me, move on, or get away, or whatever, you know, you know, your first inclination mine is say, what are you talking about? What you don't need to do that. You're given an instruction, just follow it. The minute you turn to the officer and start to talk with him uh, or confront him, he can arrest you for that.
0: Okay.
1: Now, whether now here's here's the other thing. We had an expression in the in the police have an expression. It's called you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what that means is that let's say for instance, I don't like the arrogance of the officer, so I go in his face. I say something. He then arrests me for resisting arrest or not following an order, right? So I get handcuffed. I get put in a patrol car. I go down to the police station. They then transfer me from there to the jail. I have to postpone. I go before a judge. And you know what? Maybe I win the case. But who wants to go through all of that when I could have just been keep my mouth shut and been polite?
0: Understood. understood. I mean, that's a great, great point. Um, the, the, the follow-up I have with you on this part is what does the body camera comes into play? Where does it come into play in terms of, I know it's for the safety of the officer and also for the public in terms of holding the officers accountable as an attorney and also former uh, police officer, how do you see the body camera? Well, I think the body camera is a great,
1: great, um, uh, tool. I mean, obviously you know, somebody's oh, he did this or he did that. And then the camera shows, no, you were the one who was the aggressor. And conversely, let's say the officer was aggressive with you and you were just trying to do whatever you can. Then the camera's going to show that, you know. Now, another interesting thing um, I was going to say is sometimes you don't even know what's in the back of the officer's mind when he stops you. Like for me, I've had people ask me, can I sue the officer? The answer is a lot of times no. They have, if they have probable cause or reasonable cause mm-hmm. to pull you over for some reason. I remember actually right here in North Miami Beach, or now it's called the Aventura area, I was pulled over. I thought, okay, I'm going to be in the nice guy, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, these guys come out with guns drawn at me. And I got out very carefully. And I said, you know, this, and I just made kind of a casual joke. I said, this is, you know, a little stressful for a traffic violation. I don't think I did anything wrong. And then they had me against the car whatever. And then they came over and apologized and explained that it was a robbery that was just committed. And the bolo they had was that the car met my car's description. And that's why they pulled me over.
0: I understood. I understood. But the next thing I have, because I had one of the uh, previous guess I had in the show, he had an encounter with a uh, police stop and then they just called a canine. Um, he didn't have any drugs or anything in the vehicle. So my question is, is it okay for the police officer without smelling anything from your vehicle? In other words, looking for something for them to just bring the canine or did, he, did that officer step over the line?
1: I think there's some recent cases and it depends on the jurisdiction. But I think we can really talk about two different types of scenarios, okay? One is where they open the door and the dog is led into your car. That's a search. And they have to have probable cause or a warrant for that. Now, if they bring a dog to your car and the dog just walks around the outside of your car, that's proper because you're just in public you're in a public place, there's no intrusion, the dog is just walking around the car. Now, if the dog sits down by your car, starts barking because there's something that might be there, that would be probable cause. Um, sometimes you can say the dog was not trained or whatever later on if you ha- if you got arrested for drugs. Yeah. But basically, the bringing the dog and walking around. Now, most officers are smart enough that what they will do is they know they need a warrant, or probable cause. So they will ask you if you'll consent to a search. Now, if you consent to a search, then there's no need for probable cause or a warrant because you voluntarily consented.
0: Okay. As an attorney, would you suggest or advise your client to consent to a search, even though they are not doing anything wrong?
1: I would say this. If, in fact, you don't have anything illegal on you, and you don't have any drugs, and for some reason the officer wanted to search, I would probably give him permission to search. And the reason for that, there's no guarantee, but if I'm polite and nice and whatever reason the officer wanted to check for his safety or whatever, even if he's going a bit far and wanted to search the car or whatever, and I know I don't have anything in there, I'm trying to be as nice as I can be, there's a good chance that maybe search searched the car, he's not gonna find anything, and then maybe he'll just let me go and not even issue me a ticket. Okay. So I might do it that way. If I had drugs in the car, then obviously at that point, I may not agree. And then I would be forcing him to either get a warrant because he feels he has probable cause or not.
0: Oh, understood. Now my follow up question now will be, can someone sue the police department for unlawful search?
1: It's a very difficult thing. Usually it doesn't make sense how you can sue for an unlawful search. Um, What happens is the expression of, you know, fruit from a poisonous tree. If there's an unlawful search and an illicit substance or evidence of a crime are found, that evidence may be suppressed, meaning not allowed in court because Mm -hmm. That's the punishment, so to speak, for not following the rules of getting a warrant. But in itself, um, when you get to what we call a tort or an action where you're seeking money, unless you have severe injuries, um, most people would say, well, what is your loss? You know, what what damage did you suffer by the police officer, you know, Uh, stopping you let's say an officer stopped you and then said please get out of the car and search your car he really didn't have probable cause I mean what is your loss there so I think from a practical point I don't see it okay and I think that you know if you wanted to you could file a complaint with the police department that you felt that it was unjustly uh, searched. But I don't see where you would be getting any kind of compensation. Yeah. So, in for other
0: words, just a file complaint. Um, maybe that officer won't do it to the next person, but you will not be compensated for anything. I, another, I, there was no right. There were some damages No, that.
1: I, that's just my opinion.
0: Understood. Yeah. Understood. All right, Mr. Snyder. Uh, we are learning a lot, actually, from you today. The next thing I, a question I have is in reference to DUI, which is driving under the influence. If somebody, wh- what is the law in terms of for Florida? when you are considered or they can charge you for DUI. In other words, if the officer smells the alcohol on you. And my second question to that is that can you refuse the tests and will the officer still arrest you?
1: The answer is yes and yes. Okay, so basically here's how it works. The DUI is actually one of the worst types of crimes to be arrested for believe it or not, even though it's considered a misdemeanor, misdemeanor meaning punishable by less than a year in prison and felonies are considered more serious, over. But the thing is because of the uh, fear of the public of drunk driving and that anybody could be killed or injured by a drunk driver and the associations like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, et cetera, the laws are very, very uh, harsh dealing with drunk drivers. So here's a couple of things. First, uh, when it comes to drunk driving, it's not really drunk. It's impaired. And how do we define impairment? So if there is an alcohol level and it's 0.08 in Florida, so if you you register that on a breathalyzer, for Mm -hmm, instance, mm -hmm. even though your actions may not be impaired technically you could be charged with driving impaired and all the state would have to prove is that that was the amount of alcohol in your blood system when you were operating a motor vehicle
0: okay
1: now con No. aside from that let's say there's no blood alcohol let's say for whatever reason you refused a breathalyzer but now the officer can say well i gave him a roadside test he was falling over he threw up he did some other things so in court a person can testify you don't need to be an expert to testify whether somebody seems like they were drunk or impaired Mm -hmm. and so therefore um that would be an indication and the jury could convict you even though there was no blood alcohol testing done okay
0: But in other words, you can refuse it, but they will still arrest you. And
1: and there's issues because there's two separate issues going on here. One is the court issue and the other is the driver's license issue. So if you refuse because it's considered driving as a privilege when you get your license and you agree to certain terms. So if you don't blow, then there are penalties for that, uh, such as loss of license, simply because you did not take the breathalyzer. Mm -hmm. So you have to weigh your... You know your options there uh how how you feel and then of course we have the mixture of alcohol and medications and drugs now here's something very interesting Mm -hmm. okay i think this is interesting most people don't know this most people say they get pulled over they're a little groggy whatever they go well were you drinking no were you doing drugs No, I don't do marijuana, I don't do coke, I don't do any illicit drugs, okay? In fact, I'm a senior citizen, okay? (laughs) Are you on any medications? Oh, yeah. I've been taking these pain pills, but it's prescribed by my doctor. Here it is. I have a prescription for it. could be DUI. Wow. Because it doesn't matter whether the medication is prescribed or not. It's your ability to operate the vehicle under medications. Hmm. So if you are impaired, because you took a um, medication that would impair you, then that's a factor, you could be charged with DUI. Now, one of the tough parts is there are a lot of medications that the every warning says don't drive when drowsy or whatever. And A lot of times you don't have that effect. And if you don't, then you shouldn't have that effect. And it would be kind of unusual to be pulled over. But the fact is that if you're on medications and the the officer sees that you are obviously impaired and you were on legal medications, prescribed medications, yes, that's a DUI.
0: Wow. That's something that I just learned. I I didn't know. I didn't think it would have got escalated to that point, even though you're in a medication prescribed medication. So that's something to be on the lookout for. Um. So um. Now let's shift forward. We I do know not only you handle criminal matters, you also do personal injury in terms of auto accident. So, um. I was somebody sent me a video on social media showing that uh, a person, a driver switch over to the uh, express lane. So a vehicle was coming, was actually on the express lane at a high rate of speed, ended up rear-ending that, that vehicle. Now, we know in Florida, if you're rear-ended, the person that hit you from the back, that's the person that's at fault. In that situation, who's at fault?
1: Well, I, in that situation, if there's barriers on the express lane and somebody crosses over those barriers, they're at fault all right because so they went into your lane it's an improper change in lane the barriers are there to protect people from not changing over into the lane uh so in that case it would be that person's fault i've actually handled cases like that where a woman crossed over a barrier because the traffic slowed down mm-hmm. and she wound up killing somebody on a motorcycle oh wow so this happens on a uh, unfortunately on a more frequent basis than it should should never cross over express barriers that's why they're there in fact that's why they made the barriers thicker and bigger from when they started out doing this but um it's the person who causes the accident now in civil cases we have what we call comparative negligence Mm -hmm. so in a civil case for injuries if the driver crossed over the barrier. Obviously wrong, but can show that you were speeding, or you should have seen him cross over, or you had ample opportunity to avoid him. You also could be comparatively negligent. Okay. So a jury could find yes, he was crossed over the barrier is fifty percent negligent, but you were doing um, eighty miles an hour in this express lane when you should be doing fifty five. Okay, and you could have stopped in time had you not and speeding then they may find you 50 50 at full
0: oh wow interesting interesting now the next thing in terms of auto insurance when can you say somebody has the proper coverage in terms of having the proper auto insurance coverage in in case they're in an accident and they want to bring a case
1: now let's talk about that because that's an extremely important question and I think most people, even lawyers, call me for advice on this. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, not personal injury lawyers, but general lawyers, they get confused. And and there's a reason for this. Florida is probably one of the worst states in the country Mm -hmm. on auto insurance. We just recently tried to pass a bill to have mandatory what we call bodily injury liability insurance. And the governor vetoed it. We actually passed the House and Senate and the governor vetoed it. So this is a very sad situation. Uh, In Florida, the only thing that's mandatory is PIP, which is personal injury protection, which is basically health insurance or for lost wages for you. If you're in an accident Mm -hmm. or, you know, if that's assuming you're the owner of the car, that's mandatory. Mm -hmm. The second thing is property damage liability. That is, I hit your car, it's my fault, so I have to have up to $10,000 to fix your car. Now, why is this horrible compared to New York or New Jersey or other states? First, $10,000 if I hit your car, what happens if it's a Mercedes (laughs) or a Lexus?
0: Not enough money.
1: Not enough money, so that's a big issue. Number two, if you're injured, that I have just PIP, I don't have liability insurance, so now I'm stuck. I have to find a lawyer to represent me, pay a lawyer, which in a case could be fifty, sixty thousand dollars or more. There could be expenses of fifty thousand. This is all the things that your bodily injury liability insurance would cover. Yes. Second, I could lose my license for not having insurance and not being able to pay your damages. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the problems that exist. What's interesting, and I see this time and time again, is people say, oh, I have full coverage. Yeah. Well, full coverage is not a technical insurance word. So it is the perception of whoever's saying full coverage. So if you go to these lower end insurance companies, hey, you get full coverage, what does that mean? That means you will not get a ticket for not having insurance because you have the mandatory insurance in Florida. Now you go to a reputable company, say what's full coverage. And they'll tell you that means that in Florida you're offered like 10 or 12 options when you buy insurance and you bought every single one of them. That's full coverage. So who is telling the truth about full coverage? And what's interesting is when one insurance company quotes you a price and they seem to be cheaper, are they cheaper? apples for apples or is it apple for oranges in other words the lower end companies say we're cheaper let's say over 700 but they're only selling you pip and pd insurance where the other company says yeah we'll sell you insurance but you gotta buy liability
0: so it's not apples for apples it's not it's not but it's it's educating the public so the public can know apple to apple Because most people, they don't know that. They don't have that information.
1: And and another important thing is uninsured motorists, which we could go into at another time. Mm -hmm. But what that insurance does, it protects you if a driver just has the minimum insurance that caused an accident. Or if he's in out of state or he's here illegally, whatever. Uninsured motorists is one of the most important insurance. It's so important that Department of uh, Financial Services, insurance, whatever, they require you to reject it if you don't want it yes right except if you only have the pip and pd then you're not required to reject anything because you didn't even buy bottle injury liability insurance mm-hmm. so that's also a, a a bad thing but the bottom line is that's the insurance that most insurance companies don't want to sell because in florida everybody here drives like crazy they don't have the right insurance yeah. and we have terrible insurance laws so that's the one thing that you need the most and they want to sell it to you the least.
0: Yes, yes. Now, I will definitely have you back um, for another session so we can talk about Uninsured Motorists and go into into some other topics. And I'm also going to ask the audience what they want to hear from you. But before we go, um, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, as you know, this show is called Are You Really Living? In other words, um, you, having, you enjoying life, you helping others, you changing others' life. <coughs> And I remember one time we were talking, you, tell, you told me that you helped a person from drowning. So if you could just briefly uh, go over that story before we go. Well,
1: that was a very interesting story because what happened, uh, we were, I was, I'm i an avid scuba diver. I'm a boat captain and dive instructor. And we were at Ginny Springs and uh, we were in a technical diving thing. Before you enter into an underwater cave, you have to do your skills each time mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's a dangerous situation. And when we're doing the skills, we, I saw this guy who looked like he was breath holding. He was just underwater with a mask and snorkel laying on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And when I tapped him, he didn't respond. And when I went to pick him up, he had mud on his face. And I thought he's been dead for several days. Oh, wow. So when we picked him up and I got him up to the surface, somebody screamed, oh, that's my buddy. He just went down. So now I knew that it was something recent. So I started to give him mouth to mouth. I didn't have any equipment with me. I just put my mouth on him. Because it's a human life, you have to do what you can to save somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was able to, with heavy equipment, I was still able to get him to the. They have these stairs at Ginny Springs, and I called out to get oxygen and someone to get you know first aid. And luckily, a young lady came down. She was a paramedic mm-hmm. on a, a camper who happened to be a paramedic. We both started working on him, and we 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 because we were able to get oxygen to him, which is 100% oxygen, uh, we got, once we got him breathing again with oxygen, it took about 25 minutes to get a helicopter, okay. and they took him to Shands, and you talk about luck, because the water was extremely cold, we had six millimeter wetsuits, but he was just, you know, in a swimming trunks, and uh, uh, and because it was fresh water as opposed to salt water. Uh, his metabolism slowed down and because we were giving him oxygen all this time he never had any heart damage or lung damage and he survived the whole incident without any kind of residual issues
0: well mr snyder you are the definition are you really living attorney scuba diver instructor boat captain former police officer so thank you thank you for coming to the show uh if anybody wants to reach out to you, do you have a website or a phone number you want to give out?
1: Yes, My, you can call myself, 305-903-8892, and I have a website. My name is Barry Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R. You can check me on AVO, A-V-V-O, A-V-V-O. Uh, and I'm happy to help people that need legal advice. Um, I'm connected with lawyers nationwide, and... Uh, we team up with some of the best lawyers in the country
0: thank you thank you so much mr snyder and to all the audience and listeners thank you again for uh tuning in uh again are you really living remember always ask yourself this question like subscribe and uh, i'll see you in the next one thank you again all right mr snyder thanks